Hey there, this is Gab Stancic with the Revenue Accelerator Podcast, and today I have Nina Farip. I want to tell you a little bit about Nina. Um, well, because she's amazing, obviously. So it's uh, she has seen a lot <laughs> when it comes to video, everything from the early days of independent features to big national TV commercials, corporate mega shows, and oh, you know, just Emmy award-winning documentary films, including one she actually produced herself and directed called Abraham's Children. Um, it is very interesting, so I would definitely recommend you guys to check that out. Uh, today, Nina is act- Nina is excited to support and enable business coaches and service-based entrepreneurs to create easy and impactful video marketing, as well as leveraging those same strategies over on LinkedIn specifically, so that they can attract their ideal clients and be, well, let's say it, the disruptors in their industry, because we are all about change, and so let's get this going. So, Nina like why video? Like, how did you, and I know you wrote a book as a child and that kind of started the creativity process, but why, how did you get to video and doing what you do? Um, the short version, <laughs> <laughs> the, the version that's appropriate for this setting. Nice. Um, no, so, no, no, I want the x-rated now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, basically I got into film um, some 30 years ago And yes, I was a teenager. No, I wasn't. But anyway, um, I got into film because it was sort of the perfect catch-all for somebody like me who was a total all-rounder. So always been very creative, but, you know, as my parents so lovingly put it, not enough to make a living with it. Um, And they might have been parental love. (laughs) We love our parents. Um, And, but it also, I have a, a very analytical side. I'm amazing with numbers and budgets. I love working with people. Um, I'm always been very tech, tech curious, Mm. not necessarily hands-on, but very like, I love anything that has to do with the forefront. Like, you know, when cryptocurrency came up, I was like the first one to go like, yay, you know, jump in. Um, so all of that is encompassed in filmmaking. Mm -hmm. So 30 years ago, when I discovered filmmaking over, you know, just being a writer and I'm saying just in parentheses or just being a, you know, musician or a actor or a dancer or whatever. It just seemed like the perfect world for me because it was all in one. Um, And, and so that's how I came into the whole world of of filmmaking Um, in the beginning, you know, features and the whole nine yards. And then, um, you know, slowly but surely whittled myself down or up, however you want to look at it into documentary and corporate work, which was a really nice, yeah. balance one was you know an extremely good money maker and you know supported my company and me for many decades and the other one was the love of it and the intellectual curiosity of it and all that so what brought you to kind of oh I don't I there's got I've got to go look in thesaurus and find a different word for this because it needs to not be this one so what provided you that I was gonna use a p word that um transition <laughs> that addition to, um, you know, kind of adding the LinkedIn component. Cause I know it's something that you were doing, you were kind of doing it on the back end a little bit with your clients, but it wasn't really mm-hmm. at the forefront of your business. And it's something that I know that you're bringing right now to the forefront yeah. because your clients have achieved so much success with it. It's like, uh, why am I not sharing this more? So what happened where that kind of came forward and was like, yes, this is what I really want to be sharing even more with my people. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of things that happened over, you know, a a shortish period of time. So the last four or five years, I've been focusing on teaching people how to do video marketing and, you know, any coach, anybody you talk to, it's like, you know, you need to, you need to be niching or niching or however you want to pronounce it. You you need to narrow your focus. (laughs) 
And, you know, I did the whole exercises of how about we only do video marketing for orthodontists or how about we only do video marketing for, you know, immigration lawyers. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, who (laughs) I just don't want to do that. So you need to find a way to specialize yourself, especially as a coach. And um, we, we are living LinkedIn, we're doing LinkedIn, we're attracting clients on LinkedIn, we're helping our clients, I mean, very quickly became clear that LinkedIn was sort of the perfect place for our clients, which are the aforementioned business coaches and service entrepreneurs in general. Um, they are on LinkedIn. Um, yes, they're also on Facebook, but LinkedIn is the place where you still can get organic reach. Um, LinkedIn, I so I've just been reading several articles and talking to some other fellow coaches. People are leaving Facebook in throves. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then Instagram as a visual person, I absolutely adore Instagram, but it's a freaking pain in the butt. I don't know what the cursing policy is. Go for is. it. Go for it. <laughs> Fucking Spice pain in up. the ass. Um, <laughs> to do as a video marketer, to do um, Instagram, because everything you do has a different format, video format, thumbnail format, length format. So if you, and we're all about helping our clients to manage what you're, the content that you're creating for your LinkedIn or for whatever social media profile is manageable and doesn't become a full-time job because it yes. tends to do so. Yes. And we all, you know, the, the whole content creation part is, should be a small part of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my case, I, that's what I love doing, but that's not for everybody. Your business. It's a little yeah, different relationship. Exactly. There. <laughs> I, I build my business on that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, LinkedIn just really seems to be the place to be. Um, from a business point from point of view, from a service provider point of view, if you're a retailer, yes, maybe you still want to be an Instagram. Um, if you're doing really well on Facebook, don't, don't fix it if it ain't broke. Um, but I think that LinkedIn really is, is a great place. And then for us as video marketers in particular, if you, if you really want to stand out, LinkedIn is still a great place to do so with video and with lives, Yeah, much more so than the totally oversaturated Facebook. Yeah. Well, my listener base is mostly service providers. And it's yeah. kind of like, if you're a service provider, like there are very few exceptions where LinkedIn wouldn't actually work for you. So, yeah. you know, let's talk a little bit about that because I know that that's the thing that a lot of people are interested in. You know, they, they're trying to monetize it. They're trying to monetize their efforts and all that. So how does video come into play? Um, Because, you know, marketing is one piece and then sales is another. And of course they integrate and overlap and connect and all these things. So what's, what's the strategy, what's working right now to help monetizing time on LinkedIn, leveraging obviously your strategies in terms of video. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's working is consistency. I mean, it's super freaking boring. And, you know, I always say my middle name is consistency and all the the coaches that I work with, it's like, you got to find something better than consistency. (laughs) It's not very sexy, but I'm like, well, it doesn't have to be. You know what? Boring money. Is yeah, it's, really it's good money. It's money so right? <laughs> I'll take consistency because that's what actually generates revenue. So yeah, yeah. And you know, and it is something, and it's interesting that you're asking that exact question because my business partner and I, Robin, we keep we keep pivoting. I know that's a P word you didn't want to say earlier. Right? <laughs> it's okay. I just have um, to make a thing of it. So yeah, yeah. We'll we'll just make it a thing. My, my words are all start with seed. I am a C alliteration person. Um, so um change. There we go. That's a C word. Um, so things are just changing faster than you can keep up with. 
Um, and we are actually ourselves right now, like trying out new stuff like crazy because what worked in 20, I mean, 20 was an amazing year for us. Everybody was like, fuck, we need video. And I'm like, ha ha, here we are, you know? So, and then 21 was still good. And now 22 is a completely different animal. Mm. Um, so for instance, what we're noticing, um, so we've gone the route from in the early days in 18, 18, 17, 19, we, we bought, bought into these um, services where you could automate, automate messages to people on LinkedIn. Yeah. Oh my God. I hate myself for doing that back then, but back then it was the cool thing to do. And it's what, you know, the cool kids did. So of course, you know, we did. Um, and now I'm like ashamed of the messages we sent out like that. And how do you ever get, because this, because I'll admit back in the day I had done that too. Cause I was learning, right. I mean, right, right. all the different things. And then it was like, no, this isn't cool. Every now and then, um, I will get like someone who will respond to me and it's usually someone who's doing the automated thing and they're sending me an automated message. And I'm like, what is going on? And then I scroll up to be like, okay, we're already connected. Where is this coming out of? And I see the yeah. message and I'm like, oh my God. Embarrassing, right? <laughs> I, I that's really like, write you know, this? elementary <laughs> kindergarten level stuff. And I'm so much more advanced now than then, yeah. but it's always like a, oh my God, please forgive me. Or I'll run into someone, for example, um, in different networking communities and we'll maybe have already been connected some way, somehow. And then I go to send them a message and be like, Hey, it was great to connect with you. And I see that one of the messages that they had for me originally was one of those old messages. And I'm like, Oh my God, please don't judge me on that. <laughs> Forgive me for my sins. <laughs> has that, Same here. Has Same that here. happened? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, more, more than I dared to admit, for sure. <laughs> well, and back then there were no limits, right? So we were like sending out a hundred connection requests a day, and then they capped it to fifty. Now it's a hundred a week, right? Yep. I'm sure and they're gonna reduce we, it too. Yeah, and even just just today we were saying it's even a hundred is too many mm-hmm. because now the way. People, I mean, so we have like the standard message where we're like, you know, so thanks for connecting with us. Um, And, you know, we look forward to seeing your content. And then we want to ask a question to engage. And our question to engagement has been so far something along the lines of what is your business focus right now? Meaning what is your specific business focus right now? Mm -hmm. And people are misreading it constantly. And I'm getting so much pushback of like, didn't you look at my profile? It's a sales trigger. Um, yeah. And, and because the, the, here's a good C words context, right? Um, mm-hmm. I found a lot of times if there's not enough context between a relationship, then it doesn't matter what question you ask. It comes across as sleazy and salesy, not because yeah. of you, but because of the relationship that person has had with pitchy Pete. So pitchy yeah. Pete's all over LinkedIn, sliding into the DMS, giving PTCD post-traumatic connection disorder. You know exactly what's going to happen after you accept that, you know, yeah friend request or whatever from yeah. the, you know, the 52nd thousandth, you know, financial advisor <laughs> that's yeah. reached out to you. Um, and I know part of what you do is your strategies overcome that, right? Because you've had to pivot away from the, what's worked in the past to creating a, a strategy that works for your clients to build that relationship. Cause I know you value relationships a lot. Very much so, which is why we're actually going to reach out to even less. But we are getting off on the track of outbound marketing. What I really want to talk about is actually inbound marketing because that's where video shines and that's where we yeah, shine. Yeah. So the content piece of it is that, and that's a beauty when people see your content, fall in love with you and your content, both hopefully, and then reach out to you. I mean, that's the holy grail for all of us, right? So that's the inbound part. And that is where we have been very successful. And like, if I look at the end of the year where all my clients came from, I keep a list. Um, but if it's not a referral or a repeat client, it's inbound. 
uh, very few outbound. So the inbound client is the client who is attracted to you and your content. And the way they're attracted to you in particular is if you show up on video, because if you don't show up on video, what are they going to be attracted to? The letters on the page, not so much, right? Mm -hmm. So you can't even choose your font. So video is really, really important in creating that first connection. And even psychologically, when somebody meets you for the second time, when they're actually on a Zoom call with you, it just creates an immediate um, thinking that they actually know you already. Um, yeah. And that is super valuable. Um, it also allows you, and I, I love this, it's sort of a self-selection tool because if somebody doesn't like my voice, doesn't like my mannerism, doesn't like my sense of humor, all of that stuff, then they're not even going to reach out to me. Saves me the trouble, saves them the trouble. Um, and, and then the other thing is video. With, video is your 24-7 salesperson, you know, when you're, when you're sleeping or, you know, hanging out with your kids or doing whatever you're doing. So um, that's yeah. the other thing. So what would you say to someone, because I've heard this many a time of, well, I do videos and I do them consistently and I'm not getting any traction. Nobody's reaching out to me. You know, mm-hmm. this holy grail of my, my content's doing the conversion for me isn't working. Um, right. I know we know lots of people who that's their main gripe. So yeah. what would be your advice and, and kind of what would be maybe the, the audit process that you would look at that they could go and start course correcting some things? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an excellent question. So just we, we, call the, we call those people the dutiful content con- uh, creators. Nice. And just because you're doing it dutifully doesn't mean it converts or it's, or it's any good. So nice. yes, you want to show up on your, in your video feeds, at, you know, well lit and, and uh, well framed and not your nose like hanging at the bottom of the frame or, you know, stuff like that, which is such a pet peeve. The, it's the mom call, you know, like when your mother calls you and they like... <laughs> Um, and, and I'll, you know, so there's a long list of those things, but, um, you know, and, and we actually do that with our clients. We first thing is we audit their strategy mm-hmm. because very often there is no strategy or they think they have a strategy, which is none. And a strategy is so simple, elegant, and easy to do. You just have to know what the pieces are and what you're looking for. It can be a five minute conversation. Sometimes it's an hour conversation, but it essentially can really be a what five minute com- a conversation around what are you plugging? Where, where are you sending people? And then, and that's the second part is a lot of people do not use call to actions or they ask people to marry them on the first date. It's not going to work, you know, or unless you want to invite the weirdo into your world, that's going to say yes on the first date. So, you know, be very clear on what your call to actions are. And then what kind of content is going to match my personality. And that's something we just started doing ourselves, where we created the video personality quiz. And it's been so much fun. And it's been converting really well. Um, And it's just sort of, you know, if you're trying to have an educator personality, do storytelling, that's just not going to end very well. You know, that's going to be, that's going to be a very unelegant story or even worse. And I have a client like that who we try to teach him to tell little, like just small little case studies of success stories that he'd had with clients and every video was just like, oh my God, what when like, you know, he would forget the names of the clients halfway through the video. Oh He'd never have a punchline. And then we and, and he was like sort of 
we started working with him. Matt is his name. We started working with Matt before we had the quiz. While I'm working with him, we did the quiz. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this quiz out on Matt. Matt has not an ounce of storyteller in him. He's all about being an educator. And once once that clicked for me that that is actually a thing with my clients, it made, it made the whole conversation that I was having with my clients up front change. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm like, okay, you're a motivator. You need to be like, solo live on LinkedIn and just like go for it. Right. Or you're a storyteller. We need to now figure out how you can tell your whole story without ending up with a 20 minute video. Right. Um, And all, you know, and it just made it, it was really that if you're aware of that, that, and you know how you can show up Mm. such that people that you are authentic. That's, that's the other word that's, I don't want to use ever again, but I haven't found a better one yet either. Alignment. Um, I have found a really good, I like the word alignment. Is it in alignment with who you are, how you show up, alignment with your values? I mean, that's authenticity is the honoring your values essentially. So this is the the coach side of me coming out. (laughs) All right. I'm going to use that. Thank you. Um, Um, So what's the, what's the right kind of like content mix? Because, you know, it, we've seen these people, it's like every single video is a pitch. It's just sell, 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 ABC, right. Always be closing. I just, it's a gross energy. I don't see a lot of people appreciating being sold to because it's very much that used car salesman. So do you have a recommendation or uh, a structure or a framework that you recommend that people leverage as part of how they should, you know, use their content on LinkedIn? Yeah. So, um, you know, there, there's a soft pitch, just a hard pitch. So, you, you know, you, people always say like, well, call to actions, they're so salesy. So they, then they don't do a call to action at all, but, you know, very often a call to action that is really effective can be like, leave a comment below. So I always say any post that you ever put out on LinkedIn or any other platform needs to have a actionable, low friction mm-hmm. request at the end. And I can talk about my services. I can oh, yeah. talk CTA about my isn't services. selling. It's yeah. just what's next. Engagement. It's helping the person understand. Yeah the next step versus someone who's like, here's my $2 million offer. Here's my $2 million offer. Here's my $2 million. (laughs) And even if you were to talk about your $2 million offer, there's a difference between what is your experience with a $2 million offer? Have you found it to be useful for you or the difference of, you know, click here and buy. So if, if I'm on social media and I'm sort of thinking, where are these people coming from? Most likely they don't know me or the ones that don't know me are the ones that are more likely to sell for me than my mother and my grandmother and my uncle who look at everything I put out. Um, they don't, but just as an example. So um, that person is, is that like, you know, book a call with me or buy. Um, those are high friction, like not going to do that. Um, but if, if I say, Hey, I have this fun video personality quiz, want to know who you are, what you are. Um, that's something that, I mean, I I cannot never resist a personality quiz of any kind. Um, it's a great way for people to a learn something and b for me to get their emails without there being too much of a, of, of that friction. Right. Mm -hmm. But the easiest is to just engage people. And then you have to do the due diligence of, and I do this every single day with every single post I post is who's commented, who has never commented before, especially if you're a second um, degree person. 
and who has liked who's never liked before. And those people get a invitation to connect with us or a, and, and a thank you. And the people who are first ones already get a thank you for commenting or engaging with my content. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how we do inbound marketing. Yeah. And if you thank them for the comment or even, you know, comment back and thank them as well, you know, there's just ways of being polite and inviting them into a conversation. So all the language we use is around an invitation, adjoining us. There's, you know, it's all very sort of soft, but still like co- coming to our ecosystem, but we're inviting you in. We're not making you come in, you know? Yes. Yes. And I think well, that's building curiosity, which I know a lot of what your oh. video probably strategy surrounds is piquing that interest, right? Of getting inside your ideal client's head. Oh, wow. I was thinking that, or wow, that's such a great value bomb or, Ooh, I wonder what else, what other videos Nina has, you know, because this one was so worthwhile. How do you, what, what's your recommendation when people, because there's this, you know, I think a lot of people get stuck with what is good content, right? This perfectionism of, I need to have really good engaging stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, and then they get stuck just like with any kind of activity. So yeah. what, yeah. how do you, what are your recommendations around creating content that actually converts, whether it's generating engagement in terms of likes and comments, whether it gets someone opting into that thing, all of that is engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. So, um, well, first of all, I think you should need a you need a strategy and you need a content calendar. Mm-hmm. And my content calendar has columns that a column that says what am I promoting right now, and has a column what activities are we involved in right now, and has a column what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's everything from me being on vacation. That's my favorite put thing to put in there. Big one um, the first, yes. To, yeah. <laughs> to holidays, to um, you know elections coming up, whatever it is, there's a column for sort of markers that we want to be conscientious of. There's a column for um, right now we're in a phase, we are marketing the hell out of our new boot camp. So that's, that's, you know, that's just what we're going for. So one post a week is going to be about the boot camp, And then I also make sure that once a week or three times a month, at least I'm talking about my quiz, my person that video personality quiz. And once a, a week, I make sure that I share something or I talk about a client or I'm just talking about something else. I mean, it's always in the context of, of us, of course, clockwise, but it's also, um, you know, tagging someone else, promoting someone else, sharing someone else's information, et cetera. Yeah. So, so try to, so we have a list of about 15 different ways of the 15 different content vessels that we have. And then it becomes a puzzle game of what do I need to promote? Uh, what kind of content is at my disposal? So that can be, you know, um, a sales video, that can be a thought leadership video, that can be a, a micro content from a talk like this one here, right? Um, or it can be a client testimonial, or it can be storytelling posts, which has nothing to do with video, or it can be a, a love doing hand, hand-drawn doodles, it can be a, a doodle. Um, but I know I have all these different vessels or tools at my disposal. And then it becomes, um, you know, always about three months out, Robin and I sit down and we outline what we're doing for the next three months. And then that nets me a list of, okay, Nina, you need to hunker down. 
and you need to write three storytelling posts, storytelling posts, which are longer and take me quite a long time to write, but I love doing them. And I need seven more videos. The rest of the videos is going to be recycled. And, and then I know, and now I'm batch producing. I'm not producing every, you know, Monday morning going like, oh shit, I need these four things for this week. I go, oh shit, three months earlier and say, okay, I need to produce these right. 15 videos for the next three months. And then I batch them 15. I normally try to do up to 10 videos in one sitting. Uh, the thought leadership um, videos, I can do maybe three and then my, my brain is fried. And the quick sort of tip videos and that kind of stuff I yeah. can do in my sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really but sounds I like a lot of it comes down yep. to organization, yep. intentionality, yep. Um, you know, looking at strategy in terms of those two things as well. And, and looking at pre-planning versus where I think a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of good intentions, especially at the beginning of the year. Right. And then they slip into this, oh my God, behind the eight ball kind of situation. And yep. it's just this reactive state. And I'm a firm believer that you can't be creative when you're reactive. So, um, you know, in order to come and draw in abundance and attract abundance, you have to be in that creative modality. What are some things that you do that help you get into that creative state? Because, you know, it, it doesn't always come naturally to everybody. I know it does to you. Like you could be like doing anything and you'll get brilliant ideas, ideas. Way too many. Um, but you obviously work with people who this isn't necessarily second nature mm-hmm. for them. So what yeah. would you recommend for people to kind of really connect to do these things where there's this intentionality and creativity. So you, uh, two, two things that you're bringing up that I think are really important and it's a super good question. So number one is, and, and this is sort of my life's theme is you need structure in order to be creative without structure. There's no boundaries without boundaries. There's no creativity. It's just as easy as that. Yeah. Um, so giving yourself the structure with having a content calendar then gives you the freedom to go out and say like, oh, I want to do this, that, and the other. Now, it's not to say that you can't be reactive. And 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 I think if we learned something in 2020, 20, 2020, that's way into the future. So uh, 2020 yeah. um, is that when shit hits the fan, like with the pandemic, with Black Lives Matter, um, with, you know, elections, whatever all happens, you need you need to be you need to be able to be flexible with your content as well and ditch stuff rearrange stuff shoot new stuff on on at the spur of the moment or also decide to go black right all of it all of it is okay but we we want that flexibility in our schedules as well um so that's one thing um and i think the other thing is um you know i i even the people that work with me sometimes they're like oh i didn't shoot a video today for the class. So I have a, a class where we actually teach people how to do videos and the homework every week is to come with a new video and always add another thing that they're learning with the online, uh, online learning platform. And inevitably the first couple of weeks, people are like, Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have a video. I was going to shoot it this morning. And then there's a long list, pick one, the dog threw up, the child threw up, the husband threw up, somebody <laughs> did something right so i'm like okay so this is a perfect example where you're not shooting your freaking video the morning off right right you you are batch producing in advance so you have that library because life happens shit happens and it happens all the time yep. and as a small business owner particularly so be prepared and have that library and pre-produce the stuff so often what i do is i i will set myself i love sunday afternoons that's just me 
um, I, you know, I'll, I'll, or even Saturday afternoon better because then I can go out because I'm actually looking halfway decent because I've just shot a bunch of videos. Because um, I'm not much one, I'm not one for for video uh, for much for makeup and stuff like that. And um, and then the beauty of batch producing is not only that you have the content, it also is once you get in that creative flow of shooting content, very often, and this is another thing we teach our clients is the video that you think is one video most likely is about five videos. Yeah. So, and, and then you start getting in that creative flow and, and creativeness begets creativeness. So before you know it, you have more ideas. And then instead of shooting the five videos, I set out to shoot, I'm actually shooting 10 because of all these other fabulous ideas while I was shooting. Right. Um, and if you're not that creative, it helps to have that list and say, okay, I'm going to shoot a tip series. That's for you who are educators and the tip series is going to be tip one through 10. It might be even your lead magnet, which is a great way to get content is take your, the 10 points you're making in your lead magnet. Don't make it one video, make it 11 videos, an intro video and you know, your 10 points, each a video that's content for the next half a year. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. And in terms of creating the space for the creativity to happen. And if it doesn't happen, you know, at a minimum, there's that backup list of things that, you know, you can go to in terms of, you know, um, the things that your ideal clients want to hear. So how can people get in touch with you? Cause I know you mentioned this quiz and I'm sure it's piqued a lot of people's interest. Um, yes. you know, how can people get in touch with you and how can they get their hands on that? Yes. So the quiz is what I think one should do because it's fun and it's fast and it'll give you some beautiful insights and it, and you'll be seeing some videos too. Um, so my company's name is clockwise productions as in counterclockwise. So go to clockwiseproductions.com forward slash quiz. It's as easy as that. And if you don't make it to the quiz page, it's also on the front page. So, I mean, yeah. you can't avoid it. Um, so that's the best way to um, get a sense of, you know, our, the way we are, that our, our uh, way of doing business and, and how we, how we present ourselves. And then of course, LinkedIn um, is, is always a good place for, to find me because. And all of those will be in the show notes for everyone to be able to quickly access and reference and get to Um, any parting thoughts, things that you want people to really make sure they remember when it comes to their video marketing strategy. Yeah, I think the most important thing, and and I don't talk about that that much because it's not our focus anymore, but, you know, whatever equipment you think you need, you don't. Mm. So um, take your phone, your smartphone, it's called smartphone for a reason, and uh, and, and just shoot with that. And uh, the doing goes over the thinking about doing. And, um, you know, nowadays there's such a high tolerance for videos to look whatever they look like. Um, I think it's more important just to have them and get started with it. And then you can still go and sign up with someone to teach you how to do it more properly or, or better um, than just not doing it at all. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Um, Thank you so much for being on today, everybody. Make sure you go check out those show notes and start implementing a lot of the value that Nina brought to us today. Great.